सहनावतु सहनाव भुनक्तु सहवीर्यं करवावहै तेजस्विनावधीतमस्तुमाविद्विशावहै ओम शांति 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 विविक्त देशे च सुखासन स्थह विविक्त देशे च सुखासन स्थह शुचि समग्रीव शिशरीर अत्याश्रमस्थ सकलेन्द्रियाणी निरुद्ध्य भक्त्या स्वगुरु प्रणम्य ज्ञानेन्द्रियाणि च निरुद्ध्या so having stopped the sense organs means what you have to buy one clip and put on the nose yeah because in case some good smell is coming from the kitchen during meditation huh no you don't have to put a clip on the nose neither you have to tie one patti one bandage on the eyes and you know close off the ears because somebody is making a sound outside no so what does nirudhya mean we have to see properly nirudhya means quietening them down and suspending the activities and if you see i have told you this before if you see people waiting somewhere at a in the waiting room of a doctor office or any office dentist doctor airport and there will be you will be waiting and other people will also be waiting and then you make sure to observe what they are doing yeah what will they be doing nirudhya sakalendriyani correct no <laughs> no they will be talking on the phone they will be reading and also doctor's office means old magazines from last janma will be kept <laughs> why i have never understood you know they spent so much on the decor they spent so much on the you know everything but all the magazines will be from last life yeah very old everything you know and so people even they cannot stand up sit quietly shows that even this old tired magazine they'll be reading yeah even though it's from 6 months ago they will be still reading that others will be talking on the phone and if it's not allowed to talk on the phone they will be playing some game on the phone you know for this generation i think that, that you know when and the people excavate much later they everybody will start having long long thumbs yeah that will be the mutation because of this all these uh, texting and sms these 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 two fingers become so active the other things are atrophy is <laughs> the only one yeah so they will be texting they will be talking on the phone and if they nothing they can do or they'll be talking to each other they'll get to know other people who are waiting what's your problem did this doctor treat you that that also they'll find out and then if none of that they are doing they'll be shaking the leg sitting and shaking the leg shaking the hand yeah that shows sakalendriyani it's not easy to make them quiet the inner restlessness comes out in the form of movement cheshta it is called and from the bhagavad gita we know that to qualify for this knowledge or to qualify for meditation also in the 6th chapter yukta cheshta one has to be yukta hara viharasya yukta cheshtasya karmasu yukta swapnava bodhasya yogo bhavati dukkhah if you want to dukkham hanti iti dukkhah so the if you want a lifestyle that cuts and kills all sorrow 
you have to be yukta means you have to be of moderate consumption someone who can a moderate consumer of the following ahara food and we we've been seeing in the ayurveda series of lectures the difference between yogi bhogi rogi yeah <laughs> yeah so ahara yukta means you don't starve yourself and become mahavira and you know when they have images of mahavira always this skeleton the, the, the ribs will be out you know yeah. so not like that and more like buddha the moderate middle way so fasting means not uh, not all the time eating also doesn't mean all the time it's like that person i've told you this before but uh, i'm inspired now since our doctor is here so this person went to the doctor <laughs> and said doctor doctor you know i'm having all these problems the doctor said you know you you need to cut down your weight that is the main thing you need to control your weight and then this person said i don't know how to do that i really don't know how to do that i've tried everything it doesn't go you need to have a diet so doctor you only write down you know what i should how what all these things you write down then you know this is like food and all i don't know what to take i just keep you know i am you know sarva bhakshaka i eat everything so you please tell me what to eat so the doctor says well you know you can start the day with a cup of non fat milk and maybe some dry cereal with the milk then you know you can have lunch around lunch time you can have a couple of chapatis without ghee and some dal or one sabji one vegetable then again afternoon you have a cup of milk or tea non fat or you have cup of tea and two crackers or biscuits around tea time you can do that and then finally around dinner time you can have again one or two chapatis with some vegetables you know whatever and you'd keep doing this and then the person said this is very helpful thank you but should i had have all these things you said around breakfast around lunch around dinner should i have this before breakfast or after breakfast should i have what you have recommended after lunch or before lunch this is my doubt and so like this you know this is not yukta hara yeah this is ayukta and vihara vihara means the movement also should be yukta appropriate movement yeah she didn't understand it was on instead of she thought in addition to yeah vihara means movement sometimes holiday means people freak out you know they want to go out every day go out here go out there and then come back and then you need a vacation after the vacation yeah <laughs> because you've done too much this is not yukta then yukta cheshta cheshta means the hand and legs movement is also appropriate in keeping with what is needed that's all otherwise if you just use the hands and legs all the time then nothing is being said sometimes people just keep talking like this all the time you know you know what happened and this is what happened and you know you you get distracted watching them because you don't know what they are saying and then yukta swapna and avabodha and uh, a swapna here means sleep appropriateness in sleep and waking this is the remedy bhagavan krishna gives for dukha dukha to become dukha the one who has killed all sorrow in the relative sense who prepares for this knowledge so similarly here sakalendriyani niruddhya five sense organs five organs of action vagadi pancha and then karmendriyani you know that those are the karmendriyani starting with vak pani padav upastha payu vak pani padav upastha payu five karmendriyani speech hands legs organs of reproduction and elimination five organs of action and then five sense organs called gnanendriyas 
which we know what they are, sense organs. Nirudhya doesn't mean artificially constricting them, meaning suspending their activities by getting into the place of the witness which we just did, observing. So one wonderful smell comes in meditation. Somebody is cooking or some flower is blossoming outside. The tendency, the normal tendency in the waking state when identified with the waking state is to immediately go from the observer of the smell to the enjoyer of the smell. Yeah. So one doesn't become a, you know, uh, what is that, dhyata anymore. One becomes a bhokta of the smell or of the sights. That's why we close the eyes or of the hearing. Some temple bells or some bhajan is playing. Immediately you have that vritti of, oh, let me enjoy that. And especially if you know that tune or song, you know what is going to come next. You start anticipating that. And what happens to the observer? Yeah, observer has gone into oblivion. Mm -hmm. And here is where you keep the observer maintained. You say, yeah, that's a good song. Yes, I know the tune of this song. But right now I have given a job to the mind. And I am going to stay with observing the song rather than enjoying the song or the sights or the sounds. This is what is called Sakalendriyani Nirudhyatishthati. And then one more very wonderful word is there. Atyashramasthaha. Sthaha tishthati tishthaha. I told you. Tishthati means stays. Sthaha, the one who stays. Atyashramasthaha. Ashrama means asamantat shramaha. Shrama means effort. And asamantat shramaha, proper effort. This is called ashrama, proper effort. So when you say I have joined this ashram or I am going here to this ashram. Ashram means a place where one is taught to make the proper effort for inner freedom. That is ashram. And then we have another way in which the word ashrama is used to signify the various stages of life. Also ashrama because each one is a proper effort towards gaining this self-knowledge. The whole, the, the, the Vedic way of life, so beautiful. All that everything is to gain this vision of oneness. All the divisions in the society, all the ways in which one can bring, you know, any attention. All the cultural practices, the worship, the food, the tradition, everything is to prepare this body-mind-sense complex to, to greet the maker within, really. To greet the Ishvara within, to get to know that this Ishvara is not somewhere else. It is right here. It, it is, in fact, I am this Ishvara. Everything is there. And so the ashramas are a very healthy way of living. They are life stages. First in the beginning, we have Brahmacharya. Brahmacharya means going to study. And this is true for boys and girls in ancient India. Before the religion became very patriarchal. And even uh, Manu, in the Manusmriti says, Striyam maunji karanam ishyate. Even the girls should have Upanayanam, the thread ceremony. And the girls also should go to Gurukulam. He says that. And Panini, one of the greatest grammarian in a, in a different place, laments that the Gurukulas for little girls is on the decline in his age, which was what? 2500 BC. Yeah. And that he was, we hear from another work that he was a great supporter of girls' education. He used to give all his money to the girls' Gurukulas. That is what he was a patron. We hear that. So then, so the first five, six, seven years, eight years, the child studies at home. The mother and the father, the mother is the first guru, the father is the first, uh, second guru. Then the Upanayanam is done, the thread ceremony introducing the child to the Veda with the Gayatri Mantra. And the Gayatri Mantra means where one does not ask for wealth, money, etc. One asks for the ability to make the proper choices, really. Tat savituhu varenyam bhargo devasya dhimahi dhiyaha naha prachodayat. It's a collective prayer. Naha dhiyaha prachodayat. May I be at the right place at the right time because it's all about being in the right place at the right time. 
somebody said i did not get the job why i went to the interview i thought it was at the different place because there were two offices i didn't know which whether it was being held at the branch office or the head office finished gone you know didn't show up somebody else was given the job over so like this you know one's own karmas can can uh, what's the word for it can obstruct being in the right place at the right time so the child is taught this prayer and the child is also taught to you know many things and it, it's actually a covenant between the parents and the child and the child is taught that you will not sleep during the day we heard the doctor also say this and the child says badham okay okay there are certain things the child should do and the child is kept busy from the morning to night the parents will have activities for the child that this is this is what you will be studying this is what you will be doing these are your prayers this is what you are going to do and then what about anger play is also important it's not that it's all you know play is very important what about anger there also the child is ta- taught this is part of the prayer and when that sacred thread is changed on the there is a day that comes once a year around august it's called upakarma and when that sacred thread is changed that, that prayer is again chanted kamah karshit kamo karshit manyu akarshit kamah karshit manyu akarshit kamah karta na hankarta kamah karita na hankarita kamaya namo namaha and the child is taught this beautiful thing you know you are not the doer this 8 year old says i am not the doer anger made me do this desire made me do this unto this anger which i am helpless about namo namaha unto this desire namo namaha this is how the child in the vedic culture grows up so very very healthy way of living this is called brahmacharya the first stage of life where the focus is on developing the mind through study it's actually backwards because what we have to uh, later on unlearn everything we know mm-hmm. you know when we come to this knowledge mm-hmm. nothing you know i mean everything you know is a preparation and you have to give up everything you know you have to give up all the identities but the truth is you can only give up when you have correct mm-hmm. yeah you cannot say i i donated all my money oh how what i only have 1 dollar and that i gave away that is <laughs> that is the hero you know, that is nothing that is not that is not a person that is not donation donation means when you gave away everything you have to have something to give away mm-hmm. so here also the identities are cleaned up and given away but in order to clean up the identity you have to claim it first only after claiming you you can clean it up yeah and when there is nothing here and when there is nothing here and then the person comes to vedanta then there is a lot of confusion because you first you have to relatively know who you are in order to be able to uh, drop that relative identity and embrace yourself as the absolute but if there is some confusion about who i am you know and if there is not that that what's that that strong sense of lineage ancestry purpose in life then there is nothing there one is already feeling alienated disconnected and in, and in doubt about what one is and that person is not going to be able to study so therefore here the child is given a set of things to do this is what you are going to do you are a student this is your identity so you have to go and study this is not the time to go study you know yeah <laughs> there is a big difference you have to go to study you know is another time for going study that is the second ashrama that is called going study no matter what that is not the first ashrama and that's why the uh, the whole society would support the student because the job of the student is also one job uh, you know uh, life one job stage of life all you have to do is study nothing else the whole society would support the student and starting with the upanayanam where the ritually the, the child begs food from its own mother bhavati bhikshan dehi the child the mother gives the first bhiksha the mother starts to see the child differently 
up till now it was she was very protective of it she was like oh this is my baby how to let it go and all these things now the child has a new identity it is primarily the student secondarily the son or the daughter very beautiful and so the mother even acknowledges it by saying you are a student to whom i'm filling your little you know jhola your little bag with some food and you know in, even now in rural areas you see people from veda patashala and everything the children they are very clever they'll go to the best of houses where the nicest cooking is done <laughs> yeah. they will do that they will know which auntie cooks well which auntie is not very you know interested in cooking you know perhaps she's just you know just a, just she'll make one thing for lunch it's not a big deal so i'm going to this one's house because the cook she's a very good cook and they feed because that is the whole thing the brahmachari lives on bhiksha this is why because you don't have you shouldn't have a sense of entitlement that this is my the room this is my house this is my this thing even and all this way is is just loosened so your focus is on study and in order to study you need a body and in order to maintain the body you live on bhiksha it is talked as bhiksha so you cannot say i, I want more ghee how come you have given so little ghee you cannot say whatever comes you swaha you are forced to say aha you cannot say oh ho only this much <laughs> you have to say aha and it develops a temperament of being able to accept the inevitable the inevitable is 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 in the form of bhiksha is embodied in the form of bhiksha to symbolize the inevitable which is karma phala which is also a bhiksha from god that is also taken whatever comes is taken it's so beautiful so as a brahmachari one is a consumer such a wonderful ashrama it is one is a consumer one atones for the anger one atones for the greed there is a lot of play because you see the when you look at the dates of study in the ancient lunar calendar the dates of study correspond it's a, to the full moon new moon cycles at a time when the mind is fresh and there is plenty of holidays chaturdashi anadhyayana no study yeah so 14th day no study of the moon waxing or waning 15th day no study you know full moon can do funny things to the mind and so you cannot just sit there and concentrate you will be distracted so no study that day it is gone in play and gurukula seva and some little you know whatever else needs to be done then ashtami navami again you know that is all the thing and then also if the after the full moon or new moon then the prathama goes into dvitiya that that day also anadhyayana it's called yamadvitiya no it's not a this thing so you see every seventh day you have one day off and every other weekend is a long weekend think about it so very healthy way to be yeah so every seventh after seven days of studying ashtami will come holiday and then every other weekend is a long weekend it's just wonderful this is a very nice healthy way to study then after that you you graduate from the gurukula the teacher says okay i have nothing more to teach you you have studied very well and then there is an injunction acharyay priyandhanam ahritya prajatantum vavyavachetsi the the taitri upanishad says give guru dakshina before marriage because uh, the, the, the the upanishad knows this fellow very well after marriage somebody else will be controlling the funds <laughs> so don't wait to give guru dakshina give guru dakshina then you take what is called the ritual bath called snataha and snataha means graduated and so much so that you take a graduation bath yeah you can do that on the valedictory function day <laughs> yeah you can take a ritual bath and then come to the valedictory function and so you take a ritual bath and after that what happens you you are now in between two ashramas two ashramas means two stages of life you have given up the studenthood you have bathed it off you bid goodbye to the gurukula and then you are 24 years old because first 12 years you study at home then 12 years in the gurukula 
you're 24 years old and then you're in between two ashramas. This is why every Indian parent gets worried even now if the child, the so-called child, the young adult now finishes the study and is sitting at home, you know, or going to job. They don't like it. They want to get them married because there is an injunction, anashrami natishtayet. They are correct, actually. Because it's always in between two stages that the, the, the difficulties come. Because you don't know who you are. And you don't know what you're supposed to be. Because what you, who you are is based on what you're doing. So there is no occupation. There is no identity. And in between these two identities, you, feel, you can feel lost. You can feel alienated and this is the time you can go into all kinds of, get into all kinds of trouble. Young, you know, that's why they say young and restless. So, <laughs> young and restless gets into all kinds of trouble and then finished. So, therefore, the parents, you know, say this is time for you to get married. This is the second ashrama. And how is the, how is the marriage done? The horoscopes go on a date in the astrologer's house. <laughs> People don't date. The horoscopes go on a date. Yeah, They sit side by side and talk to each other in the astrologer or some elder in the family could be an astrologer, you know, in their house. You know, the horoscopes go on a nice date and then they will just uh, sit there, talk to each other, see if they can get along, see if they can live with each other. And if they can live with each other, then the astrologer will say, okay, you're cleared to get married. And even in this generation, sometimes, you know, shocking as it is, sometimes people don't see each other until the day of the marriage. We have a couple in Corvallis, you know, and they said, you know, they one time I was talking about this and they said, uh, you know, what is the point in seeing? We have to spend the life together. <laughs> So why see before and get disappointed or get upset or wish it was somebody else or have an inferiority complex, oh how will I live with such a good looking person, I am not good looking, so many complexes can come. So therefore they left it all to God and the first time they set eyes on each other was during the marriage ceremony. This is what it was. This is what, 30 years ago. They tell the story even now. So this is how, this is just 30 years ago, this is not, we are not talking of 100 years ago. Even 30 years ago this was happening, probably still is happening in the rural areas. So why the horoscopes, because the horoscopes, the horoscopes are the karmic imprint of the personality and the karmic blueprint of what this person has to undergo in this particular life, what are the lessons. And then the life partner is chosen based on the lessons to be learned. This is beautiful. So really, you know, you don't go to match.com, shadi.com, there are all these sites, you know. You go to bhagavan.com, yeah. That's, that's, that's the one who decides because the horoscope is nothing but a look into the order. We, I'll be speaking more about this, which is the order of karma. And the order of karma is infallible because it is Bhagavan. So it's a, it's a karmic blueprint that you see. And when you do that, you are just putting your trust in Bhagavan, not in the individual ragadveshas which can change all the time. So if you go to shadi.com, match.com and what, what are you going to match? Oh, I like this, you like that, you know, I like potato, you like potato, you know, like this, what are you going to match? I like this kind of films where people run around trees, you know, these Bollywood films. And then somebody says, no, 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 I like serious films. Yeah, these serious films are called art films. Art films means if you try, dare play that in a theatre in the rural areas, people will throw eggs and tomatoes on the screen. Yeah. They don't like all that. They are farmers and they work very hard and they come to be totally entertained. They don't want real life things on the big screen. If you show that, they will scream, that's all. So, some people might say, I like these kinds of serious films. I like these kinds of, you know, flaky films. What good is that going to do? Because the likes and dislikes are changing all the time. So, if you put the marriage, if you put the likes and dislikes in this marriage basket, then you become a basket case. That's all. <coughs> you become a basket case, totally. Why? 
because those likes and dislikes are always changing and whoever you thought you know is is you never know the person you never know the person no matter how long you are with them you never know people keep surprising you all the time so therefore here this is the second ashrama called grihasthaha grihe tishthati iti grihasthaha the one who is available at home not the one who builds a big dream house and then to pay it off you have to take up three three jobs and then nobody is at home yeah that is not grihasthaha the one who is available for the children that is grihasthaha the one who is able to play with the children the one who is able to raise the family the one who is available at home for drop in for the atithi the one who comes without a date to drop in this is grihasthaha now what happens everybody builds this dream house and then there is only two people because you know you usually the people build the house for the grand grandchildren to come where are the grandchildren they are not yet incarnated you know but that is when they plan and build then even when the grandchildren are incarnated how long will they come they will have their own life three four days they will come that's it and so for that one builds this huge house and then you cannot sell it because your dream is somebody else's nightmare nobody wants to buy that very difficult because you have custom made it all for yourself it's a big headache problem and so therefore the second ashrama is not an ashrama of consumption but a ashrama of giving you give danam you do seva even talents satvam everybody has which is the expression of bhagwan inside them somebody sings well somebody cooks well somebody is good in account somebody else is good in medicine somebody else is good in surgery this is how you contribute to help the society with that yes you also make a living but the point is to contribute the living becomes secondary that is your job you are a contributor and how many times have we heard swami dayanand ji pujya swami ji say again and again grow from being a consumer to a contributor that is the human growth and this happens in the second ashrama as a child it's always give me give me give me and even you know when you are two to say give me give me looks cute you know and everybody wants to love up the child every okay you want this chocolate take no i want the other one okay okay take at 92 if this still this fellow says give me give me give me <laughs> yeah <laughs> you feel like giving them something else you know <laughs> you have to grow up you have to grow this is emotional maturity for which it is very difficult to grow by yourself that's why you need a partner so that you grow together to be to grow up to become contributors and that can never happen if you're always feeling like i'm in a place of need and even the neediest person is capable of giving really and has to evoke the giver in oneself that is the the purpose of the second ashrama you forcibly evoke the giver even if you don't feel like it even if the body mind uh, you know doesn't feel like it you have to give only by giving you grow this is what the samaveda tells us you know the samaveda says that dane krodhena krodham tara satyena anritam tara setu stara ಸಚ್ಚಿದಾನಂದಿಟ್ಲೆಸ್ಟಿಟಿಕನ್ and how are you going to know that unless you practice giving the second ashrama is all about putting into practice what has been studied in the first ashrama in the first ashrama the child just repeats danena danam tara in the second ashrama this inner child grows up by actually acting out what one has studied in the first portion of the veda in the second ashrama also there are strictures of what to do what not to do nitya karma is their daily duties how to make the house a home how to have you know 
how to have what to do puja is there meditation is there daily duties are there cooking is there going to work cleaning raising children all this become part of the daily duties that have to be done occasional duties have to be done then there is no time for kamya karma there is no time to do what you want because what needs to be done takes over what you want oh that's not a good thing that's the best thing yeah because there's no time to for the mind to run and say i want this and have silly fancies all fancies are silly really and nishiddha karma things that ought not to be done finally prayashtitta karma so when i do things that i'm not proud of i do a karma of atonement prayashtitta karma and then after that the person becomes puta puta means very purified the ragadvesha settle down because i'm overriding the ragadveshas with contrary behavior the ragadvesha says don't give i'm giving the ragadvesha says i don't like this i'm doing what is to be done the ragadvesha says i want to sit in one place but i force you know it to do what is supposed to be done and so i transcend all those useless tendencies tendencies that bring me down the ragadvesha says it's a good day to sit and mope i don't mope i override that we we are seeing in panchadashi moodhavritti ghoravrittis i override and this is the purpose of the second ashrama you outgrow the society you outgrow even the marriage then vani bhutva you you go to not aren't we have two words for uh, forest one is a secluded place with a wooded place where you can have a cabin or something like that that is called vanam then you have aranyam where the wild animals live so vanaprastha the third stage don't go near the wild animals go to a slightly secluded vanam you go to a vanam a park is also called vanam so you go there and you sit and then you 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 go there both husband and wife go there they live as friends they meet some gurus and study this knowledge because they have led a life of emotional maturity and through this life of emotional emotional maturity they are able to they become ready for the knowledge they are calm enough to gain this knowledge and then finally that is also dropped off through the ritual called sanyasa where that also that little uh, you know prop to the significant other is also dropped up dropped off and when one of them becomes a sanyasi the other one is also a sanyasi it's not that the you know husband becomes a sanyasi and the wife plans the next marriage no <laughs> both of them live like sanyasis whether they take overtly sanyasa or not that is the idea and then they enjoy what they have what they have studied they abide in this knowledge this is the the best retirement plan sanyasa because otherwise you don't know how much money you need because money has to be protected from money it keeps inflating you have to protect it from itself how strange but this is what you have to do with money how much money is enough money you don't know so but this is the best retirement plan where you teach yourself not to want anything at all whatever comes you live yadrichha labha santushtah vandvatito vimatsarah yadrichha labha means whatever comes you are okay if nothing comes you are still okay because you have trained the body mind sense complex to live however bhagavan is meant for you to live and in the brahma sutra which is the highest thing that we study at the very end it says that the gnani is like a dried leaf has as much volition as the dried leaf so what does the dried leaf do dried leaf doesn't decide oh this tree is trying to chuck me out i'm going to cling on to the tree i'm going to go shopping and put some super glue between myself and this branch mm-hmm. so that i don't fall no i'm afraid of falling no it falls it drops when it's done from the tree it drops the fall season comes it drops and then what then also it has no desire that i have to join this particular group of the other dried leaf and then have a support group and then we'll we'll uh, stand in arms against the trees mm-hmm. that dropped as we will have a protest occupy yard you know there's all these occupy movements here last year there was all these things so occupy the backyard no and it doesn't neither does it say i don't like this pile of dried leaves i have to go there no it has no wanderlust 
Then a gust of wind spins it and it goes and sits there. Okay. Then the gardener comes and blows it and puts it in a sack. Okay. Then it is taken and put in a compost. Okay. Then it becomes the soil. Okay. So like this, the person is this. This is what is called Atyashrama. Sanyasa is beyond, even though it is counted as an ashrama, really speaking, it's counted as the last ashrama, but really speaking, what is that ashrama? Ko vidhihi, ko nishedhaha. There is no do's and don'ts for a sannyasi. Because the person is now incapable of abusing dharma. The person is now incapable of wanting anything. The person has taken a vow of non-competition with all the forces including, you know, Indras and the Devatas. That nobody, it, this is what is called Abhaya Dana. You give the vow of Abhaya, non-fearlessness -fear, to all the things that exist in the universe. You say, Indra, you need not be afraid of me. I am not vying for your position over there. <laughs> and anybody on earth, please do not be afraid of me. All the animals, bugs, insects, please do not be afraid of me. I am not here to eat you. I am not here to bother you. So you, you are a dropout. So really speaking, what vidhi, what nishedha, what rules, what do's, what don'ts. So the sannyasi is free, free of identity. And because one knows the true identity. And you know, and if you start saying, oh, I am a sannyasi, that, that becomes another problem. That's why it's called atyashrama. Yeah. Somebody, I was, I was witness to this. Somebody came and uh, complained to Swamiji. I went here and gave some talks. And uh, Swamiji said, how were the talks? Yes, nice, but nobody, you know, nobody touched my feet. This was this person's complaint. And, and Swamiji just said, perhaps that's why Bhagavan sent you there. So that you know that this is not what makes a sannyasi. What makes a sannyasi is not that people are touching your feet. You know? So, this is what it is. So, even that can become an ego if the person has not studied properly. If the person is not committed to, if the person becomes committed to power and glory, then that is the problem. If the person is not committed to oneself, then this is what happens. And so, therefore, what? Atyashrami tishthet. Atyashrami bhutva tishthayet means you, you, divest regardless of which ashrama you are in before meditation give up that ashrama take a mini sannyasa before the meditation and say for the next 10 minutes half an hour one minute i am not a householder i am not a daughter i am not a son i am not a brother i am not a sister i am not mother father i am not spouse partner i am just a devotee one with the devoted. And I am doing this meditation to firm this nishtha within or to prepare myself to the for the knowledge. I told you it's a sandwich. Mm -hmm. So before the knowledge, meditation. After the knowledge, meditation. So atyashrami bhutva. So take a mini sannyasa, temporary sannyasa. And when I went to Thailand, this is what I saw. That there is a college where people go to study to become, you know, to become, uh, to get a PhD in Buddhism. It's a Buddhist college run by Swamis. And, uh, and the interesting thing is, they are given a temporary sannyasa for those four years or three years they are there. Everyone is in orange. Yeah, I was shocked. I go there and I was shocked. I said, you know, there are people running out of the classroom in orange robes. Students are in orange. Teacher is in orange. The principal is in orange. And the, and the people who are, you know, the support staff, they are all in orange. Completely orange university, yeah. And uh, then I asked, what is this? Are sannyasi studying here or what? They said, no, no, no. There is there is an enforced sannyasa, but it is seen as a temporary sannyasa for three years. So and and I said, how is it different from the other sannyasa? It says exactly the same, but while giving the vows. We say, this is just for three years, we put it in the sankalpa, in the intentionality, so that the person knows that at the end of three years, they can continue this life if they are so inclined. Otherwise, they can take a ritual bath. See, it's all come from Hinduism only. They can take a ritual bath and then go get married. You know, 
put their clothes in the river, you know, put the orange clothes in the river. Everyone is in orange. So this enforced sannyasa before study like this, this is an enforced sannyasa before meditation. Yeah. Tie an orange thread on the finger if it helps before meditating. <laughs> you can look at that, you say, okay, this is me. Yeah, for the next one hour, half an hour, 15 minutes, whatever it is, this is myself alone. Remind yourself. And Atyashrami Bhutva Dhyayet and Atyashramastha Sakalendriyani. Okay, now as I promised, we are going to skip the next verse and then go to the last verse and then come back to the next verse because I told you I'm going to retain a little bit of uh, what is that, you know, Vedantic license here. Mm -hmm. So, Dhyayet, it said, meditate. Meditate upon what? This is another big problem. Because a lot of people like meditation. And lot of people like Buddhism for this reason, because there is no Ishvara. They don't have to deal with Ishvara and it's a very comfortable situation. Ishvara means, again, I have to look at myself. I have to, um, you know, watch my own projections. And all authority issues will come up. The ways in which I have been hurt by society by saying this is God being thrust on uh, down my throat, that will come up. God loves you, but be careful. All these issues will come up. So sometimes people say, just watch the breath. Just watch the mind. What will happen if you keep just watching the mind? Huh? What will happen? Huh? Yeah, you know, what goes... Sometimes it goes, sometimes it doesn't go. What happens is all kinds of thoughts, the bubbles from the unconscious come up and you end up getting scared of yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then they say, I don't want to meditate because it's very scary. What are you scared of? My, my own mind. Yeah, because all the thoughts will come, regrets will come, pains and sorrows will come. Kimaham sadhu na karavam, kimaham papamakaravam iti. Why did I do the wrong thing? Why didn't I do the right thing? This is what will come. Yeah. So we bypass all that by saying, by giving here an object of meditation. And what is that? Let us read the mantra number 8 for that. Uma sahayam parameshwaram prabhum trilochanam nilakantham prashantam dhyatva. Uh, yeah, that is enough. Trilochanam nilakantham uh, uh, prashantam. Uma sahayam parameshwaram prabhum. So make Bhagavan the object of your meditation and that object being non-separate from the subject. That is you. But you don't know that. So you cannot deny Bhagavan. So this Bhagavan who is manifest as all knowledge, all power, you make that the object of your meditation. That's why we say Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Simply sitting and watching the mind, nothing will come. Yeah, only doubt, self-doubt and worry will come and fear. So therefore, the mind is given, this is a very beautiful thing, the mind is given a job to do. Your job is to say, Om Namah Shivaya. That should be one thought. What should be the next thought? Om Namah Shivaya. Third thought, Om Namah Shivaya. Fourth thought, Om Namah Shivaya. But this is boring. That was the fifth thought. So replace that by Om Namah Shivaya. Om Namah Shivaya. Seventh thought. Eighth thought. Om Namah Shivaya. Ninth thought. Is anything happening? No, no, no. Ninth thought should also be Om Namah Shivaya. You bring the mind back. And you cannot complain that the mind is going away. The mind is supposed to go away. Mind is not dead. Mind is supposed to go all over the place. That's how you can see movement. That's how when you, you know, first see this uh, flower pot I showed you, then I show you this pot. What pot is this? Crack pot. Because it has a lot of cracks. Then I show you crack pot. And then after that I show you, you know, uh, another flower. Correct? Then if the, all that hasn't gone, you should see one on top of the other, you know. Because each one is leaving a residue on the other one. It, it should be all precarious like this. But it is not. One goes, the other one comes. That's what the, the job of the mind is to be alert. Otherwise all the old residues will just trouble you. So the mind is supposed to go and you bring it back. You tell the mind what to think. And if what to think, you know, you can also have some meaningless thoughts. Pizza, pizza, pizza. You know, so you can have, you know. 
you can keep saying that. But that's not going to free you. <laughs> yeah, ice cream, ice cream, ice cream, ice cream, ice cream, ice cream, you can think, you know. And then you're training the mind to see the ice cream, correct? Yeah, you visualize the ice cream and see the ice cream. It's not going to help. Why? Because the ice cream is a finite entity. You are infinite. So focusing on the finite is not going to deliver any anything else except the longing for it is going to become more. But here it's a longing that is that is really an as though longing because the seeker is the sort. That's why it works. So it works in both ways. It works as an abhyasa to remind you what what this is all about. It also works as a preparation to see what is there to be seen. So meditate upon Bhagavan. But what is this Bhagavan? How to understand this Bhagavan? Where to seek this Bhagavan? And here it is given, Sagunam Brahma. Sagunam Brahma Upasana. That should be the Dhyaya. Dhyaya means object of meditation. Dhyanam, meditation. Dhyata, meditator. Dhyaya, object of meditation. Kim Dhyayam? Sagunam Brahma. Kim Dhyayam? Nirgunam Brahma. Yeah, this is very subtle. Adi Shankara, all this is. What is to be meditated upon? It is always Sagunam Brahma. It is Brahman in the form of Ishvara. What is it that is an, uh, to be known? Then you say, I need to know Brahman as myself. Nirgunam, formless, attributeless, Satyam, Jnanam, Anantam, Satchidananda. Very beautiful. But you cannot say, I meditate upon the formless. How are you going to meditate upon the formless? Please tell me. We have time. I'll listen. How are you going to do that? No, I visualize the formless. How? I visualize a formless form. You are, you are constrained to say, so when you have said formless form, it is already formed. And that tells me that one is not informed if, of what is formless and formed. So you cannot meditate upon the formless. You can only contemplate upon the formless as, you, as yourself really. There is a difference and we will we'll be seeing the difference a lot in this Upanishad. So meditation means upon Ishvara, that is got form and you can do any form. Here it is Parameshwar Shiva is talked about along with his consort Uma. You know, Umaya Sahavartate. So this Uma, Uma is knowledge. Ma means knowledge. Uma is knowledge. So this Bhagavan, which is the maker, along with the knowledge, which is the Jagat, I meditate upon. And this is going to be an involved discussion, so I'm going to defer this till tomorrow, because we have only a few minutes left, which would be better spent uh, with question answers, etc. So we'll close here. We'll take this up in the morning. Today at uh, 4 o'clock, Bhagavad Gita. Om Purnamadav Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyate Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Vashishyate Om Shanti Shanti Shantihi Harihi Om Shri Gurubhyo Namaha Harihi Om